When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again Thursday morning. We are two days away from the Steelers' first preseason game of the 2022 NFL season. Some people don't think much of it because it's the preseason. Uh, I have a feeling if you're listening to this podcast, that is not you. Because if you've been following the whole offseason and everything, excited about the Steelers and not just coming around during the season, then I'm sure you're very excited about the preseason. I know I am. I want data. Data, 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 data. Give me data from this preseason game. It doesn't matter who's playing, who's not playing. I just want to see this team go against someone else other than themselves. It's it's great to see the Steelers defense doing great at the cost of the offense. It was great on Wednesday to hear reports of the Steelers offense doing fantastic in the two-minute drill. I think it was Mason Rudolph scored on four plays when he was quarterback. Uh, two of the last two to George Pickens apparently were amazing. Um, then Kenny, Kenny Pickens uh, let a drive um, that scored on two plays. That's great about the offense, but it kind of concerns me about the Steelers' defense. Every time you can hear something great about one side, it's at the expense of something else on the Steelers. So are you the optimist or the pessimist? Is it the glass half full or the glass half empty? Was it the Steelers' defense did something great or that the Steelers' offense did something terrible? Was it that the Steelers' offense did something great or the defense did something terrible? That's what happens in training camp because you're only going to get yourself. I want to see the Steelers go against somebody else, and that's coming up this Saturday evening. Now, I gave some information on the Scobro Show Tuesday night. I'm going to try to clarify this a little bit, probably say a little bit more to it on the preview. If you, if you didn't catch it, go back and check out the, the Scobro Show I did with my brother uh, every week that we do. We did another five, the top five list. Our top five list this time was things we want to see in the game. Not people. We weren't talking about players. We were talking about things. We could talk about position groups. But we weren't being that specific. But within that, I was talk, talking about people watching the game Saturday. And I know a lot of people are excited. Oh, it's going to be nationally televised on NFL Network. But there's a little thing that if you don't play it, pay close enough attention, you're going to be shocked and upset. If you're someone who just 
wants to see the beginning part of the game, then you're fine. But the Steelers are scheduled to play at 7 p.m. Saturday night, and NFL Network is covering the game, but they're starting another one at 9 p.m. The Steelers game is not going to be over. It's not going to be over. And this happened last year. I can't remember which week it was where the Steelers had a game on NFL Network. Maybe it was two years ago. Can't remember. Um, that They had a game, was being covered on NFL Network, and then all of a sudden, boom, they went somewhere else. And that game was in a thunderstorm delay. And they sat there doing stuff with that thunderstorm delay rather than actually go back and show the Steelers. Then they finally did go back and show some more of the Steelers. Um, I, man, I really wish I could remember which game that was. But uh, even looking back on it, I can't tell just by looking at the stats and everything. But remember that at 9 o'clock, that's probably going to be maybe 5 to 10 minutes into the second half of clock time, depending on how long the first half takes. If there's a lot of penalties and stuff, it's a slow game. It could be less time. That's about all you're going to see on NFL Network. Now, if you want to see all the Steelers preseason games that are not nationally televised, if you are out of the area, if you live in the Pittsburgh area and you get KDKA or any of the Pittsburgh channels. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it's on KDKA or the CW. It's on one of those. I'm I, I'm not as familiar with the Pittsburgh channels anymore. I knew them growing up because I was in the area. Now I'm not. Uh, but it's going to be covered there. I'll have that article uh, where to watch it, which I'll actually look it up then um, Friday morning. But if you're in the area, you don't have to worry about it because you can check it on the on the local station. If not, NFL Game Pass has been replaced by the NFL's streaming service of NFL Plus. I said this on Scobro Show. I'm going to correct it a little bit. You can get a seven-day free trial of NFL Plus. You can try that out. For a month, it costs $4.99, and that will give you the preseason games. For the season, it's only $29.99, which isn't bad. But where I misspoke was I was saying the other things that were involved with uh with the with NFL plus and there's actually a, a premium package as well. The the preseason games, you get it with the regular package, the price I quoted. I just didn't want you to sign up and think, oh well I should be getting this too. Like if you want game replays of every, every game, you know, years past and everything, that's part of the premium package, which is which is nine ninety nine a month. So I think it's and then I think it's seventy four ninety nine a year, and if you're a season, Steelers season ticket holder like myself, you get that for free. Now in years past, they haven't actually advertised that they gave you the code until September. I went in and checked my account and I actually had the code. I'm all set up, ready to go. I'm excited. So if you're a season ticket holder and didn't know, you have your code in your account. Just go into your account manager and you can and you have a free subscription to NFL Plus. Uh, sitting there for you so you can watch and stream all the preseason games they do preseason games live and then during the season you can get you can get the replays on there Whew, I think I spent enough time talking about that but excited about this game but let's look at what this game is really going to come down to what I wanted what I was looking at is I want to look at some stats of what to possibly expect here what what can we expect from from the Steelers stuff uh, stuff for the Steelers game for preseason week one expectations, but I'm going to look at it both individually and collectively. I had to use that phrase. I had to use the great Tomlinism there where he talks about things about individually and collectively. What should our expectations be of what the Steelers do from a statistical standpoint, both as a team and as players? Well, how am I going to look at that? Simple. I'm going to look at last year's preseason. 
Now, last year, the Steelers had four preseason games. I'm going to kind of mesh, meld, however you want to say it together, the first two games of the Steelers preseason last year because they had that extra game. I I feel like the Steelers treated last year – they they treated the preseason not sorry the preseason the hall of fame game like they would have their first preseason game and they treated it like they had four like they did the last time they had played preseason games because remember there wasn't any in 2020 so I think comparing it to the Hall of Fame game is accurate, but just in case I'm going to throw in a little bit with their week one game, which was against the Eagles, and look at some of the numbers there. We're going to look – first, we're going to look collectively. We're going to look as a team, and let's kind of stroll down memory lane and look at some of this team stats from the Hall of Fame game last year. Now, I actually went back because I have my subscription to NFL Plus that I got for free as a Steeler season ticket holder, and I watched the first half. Well, no, it was the first quarter and a half of the Hall of Fame game, just to kind of give me a bit of a refresher, because I wanted to see one play in particular, which I was able to do, and we'll talk about that here shortly. But Went back and looked at that to kind of get an idea and a feel for how much people were playing and everything else. But remember that the Steelers won that game. They won that game 16-3. to They had a missed extra point. That's why it was 16 or because um, they, they had two touchdowns and a field goal. Um, and the Cowboys had a field goal on their opening possession, and that was all. That was all they scored. So that looks nice, but the Steelers were down 3 to nothing at halftime. So one thing you want to look at is look at that first half score. Look at that first half score before both teams really start to get down the depth chart more. I don't know how much the Seattle Seahawks are going to play their quote-unquote starters. They're in a very similar situation finding a quarterback is what the Steelers are. That's what sometimes I forget that we're that the Steelers are playing another team. I, I thought it was funny. I watched some snippets of uh, where Mark Caballi was on the Pat McAfee show. It was it was pretty funny. But remember, there, there's some crude language and stuff on that show if you ever check it out. Um, he couldn't remember who the Steelers were even playing. And that's a really good point. But now that we have the triumphant return of know you, the Know Your Enemy podcast at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, they that returned last night. It was the curtain call all off season, but guess what? There's a game to preview. So it's back to know your enemy. And yes, the Pittsburgh Steelers are facing off against the Seattle Seahawks. And it's, and it's something to remember that they are also looking to replace um, a, a longtime quarterback as well. So it, it's interesting that that's a, that's a preseason matchup, but man, that's to make a team come the whole way across the country for a preseason game, that, that's kind of crazy. If the Steelers were traveling out there, I'd, I wouldn't have been happy for them. So let's let's dive into this game last year. And in this game, Ben Roethlisberger didn't play. Obviously, T.J. Watt didn't play because he was doing the hold in and everything. But So just keep some of those things in mind. But let's look at some of the, the, the team stats. The Steelers had 15 first downs in this game. That, that was all. They had six ru- six rushing, nine passing, none on penalty. But the Cowboys, they had 19 first downs. They had four rushing, 13 passing, and two from penalties. So I'd like to see the Steelers with more than 15 first downs, and I'd like to see them with more first downs than their opponents. That's something I would like to see um, going, in, go- going into uh, 2022. When you look at third down efficiency, this is a big one. 
The Steelers were 5 of 13. They were 38% on third down. You kind of like to see that number closer closer or above 50%. Uh, the Cowboys were a little bit better. They were 7 of 17. That was 41%. Now, fourth down, the Steelers were at 50%. They were they went forward on fourth down twice. Um, one of it was down close to the goal line, you know, ready to score again. And, and they, it was like, it was four, they were inside their 10 and it was a fourth and one. And they ran a pass play with Josh Dobbs late in the game and they didn't score. But I mean, the, the game I think was pretty, pretty much in hand, but that was the one they didn't convert. They converted another one earlier in the game. Um, they were 50% on their fourth down conversions. The Cowboys were one of three for 33%. So those are, those are some interesting things. The Steelers only had 250 yards of offense in the game. They ran 59 plays. They had 40 or 40, 4.2 yards per play. They had 76 rushing yards um, on 30 carries. That was only two and a half per carry. Um, their net passing yards, because remember, it's net because you take off for sacks. Um, they they were 174 uh, because the Steelers gave up one sack for minus one yards. Um, and then so – they and they were 18 of 28 passing with 64%. Uh, those are things to look at. They didn't throw any interceptions, but overall turnovers, Steelers had one turnover, Cowboys had three. If you recall last year, the Steelers turned the ball over on their opening drive. They moved the ball over midfield. Their first snap they had in Cowboys territory was one of those jet sweep plays that you never really knew if he was supposed to hand the ball off to the to, to the motion man or if it was going to go to Najee Harris. Uh, it was Chase Claypool that was a motion man. But the timing was off a little bit with the snap. Um, and when Mason Roth turned off and, and stuck the ball out to Chase Claypool, he was well past him and knocked the ball out and the Cowboys recovered. That was the Steelers' turnover. But they did force three turnovers in the game, and they also blocked a field goal. Um, which was which was pretty nice for the Steelers to do there. Um, other things to look at. I mean, I, you can look at some returns and or anything like that. Um, you want to see the penalties down. Steelers only had three penalties in that game. Um, you don't want to see a lot of punts. The Steelers had four punts for 183 yards, so their 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 net was. Uh, 45.5 and their gross was 45.8 because um they they gave up like one return yard. Um really nice job with that, but the offense just really 250 yards that really wasn't all that much. So but time of possession was 29:48. That's another thing you want to look at. You want the Steelers to to possess the ball at least half the time. Um, that's another big one. So you want to see some good first downs. This is still looking at the offense. See some, see some first downs. You probably want to get more in the 20 range um, and see that time of possession over 30. On the defensive side, you know, the, the Steelers, they surrendered 347 yards on 68 plays. So they were out there a, a lot more, um, gave up a, you know, 56% completion percentage. I already talked about the third down efficiency, but they did get three turnovers. And the Steelers had four sacks for 25 yards. So uh, that, that was some interesting stuff. Let's, let's peek ahead a little bit to how the Steelers did the next week so we can maybe try to find some middle ground of what you might want to see them. In a game that they won 24-16 to 16 against the Eagles, um, this was also when they were down at halftime. They were down 16 to seven at halftime and they scored 17 points in the second half and shut the Eagles out in the second half, um, which I, I find found pretty interesting. So when you look at the team stats, this one was different 
the Steelers had 28 first downs. 28 first downs versus 15 the first game. You will, you really want to look and see where where they are. I mean, you definitely would want to be over 20. I'd say between 20 and 25 first downs would be great. But the Steelers ran 80 plays, 80 plays in their second second preseason game compared to 59 in the first one. So you're talking, you know, roughly 60 up to 80. I mean, 65 plays would probably be a nice medium to look for for the Steelers to do. Say, hey, they, they offense stayed out, out there. Now, if they're scoring on big plays, that also is going to probably cut those plays down a little bit. If you also go back to look at the Eagles game, the Steelers, ooh, they were 11. I almost read the wrong one. I almost read the Eagles one. They were 11 for 17 on third down. That was a 65% efficiency on third down when well, their Steelers defense held held the Eagles to 0 for 8 on third down 0 for 8 on third down that that's something you want to see on defense so with the Steelers on offense you want to see that that third down efficiency above 50 percent um I don't know if it has to be the 65 percent here but you know 55 percent would be a nice percentage and keeping their other team down below 50 percent on defense is what you'd want to see so 40 or 45 percent would be something great to see there the Steelers put up 414 yards of offense on 80 plays that was 5.2 yards of play they had 156 yards rushing on 42 attempts. Still, that was only 3.7 yards per carry, which was better than the week before. They had 258 net net passing yards. Um, they only surrendered one sack, and they their completion percentage was 29 of 37 for 78 percent. That's pretty high. If the Steelers could have a 70% completion percentage on offense, and they could throw the ball around 250 yards or more, that would be great. Uh, I would like to see the the Steelers rushing rather than what they had the first week, which was only what was that? It was it was seventy six yards. They they doubled it. They doubled it the next week. But my goodness, it took forty two attempts. I'd like to see the Steelers hit the century mark, and I'd like to see them do that in under thirty attempts. We'll talk a little bit more about maybe some rushing expectations when we get to the individual players here quickly. In this game, another thing that 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 is is good to know is that the Steelers once again they had one turnover, they forced two on the other team. So that's another big thing. If the Steelers have one turnover in a preseason game. I mean, that's that's kind of what the, you expect in the preseason, um, that sometimes things like that might happen. One is fine, not fine. I mean, never a turnover is never fine. A turnover is kind of one of those things that you kind of expect to see. I'd be fine if the Steelers have one. If they're looking at two or three, man, that's not good. And if the defense can force more than one, there you go once again. But that big discrepancy in yards, 414 yards, that next one, to me, I think a more realistic – um, goal is probably around probably around 325 to 350 yards on offense would be pretty realistic. The Steelers in that Eagles game, I mean, they their time of possession was over 41 minutes, 41-15 to 18-45. That's that's insane. So I'm I'm not looking for that to necessarily be the case, um, but. That's one of those things that you would, you, like I said, you want to see the Steelers at, at least having the ball right around that 30-minute mark, um, keep, keeping it close or getting a big advantage like they did there. Uh, I don't know if there's really any other team statistics to really look at. You know, we talked about the turnovers. I mean, even in that game against the Eagles, each team had four punts. Nobody went for it on a fourth down. So that's just some some interesting things to to look at there. So 
with that, we're going to go ahead and take our break. And we come back, we can maybe tie in a little bit more of the of the team stats. We're going to look at individual stats to try to, let's just say this, to try to maybe curb some expectations based on remembering, hey, this is kind of how things go, especially early in the preseason. So we'll check that out when we come back. Really excited to be pre- uh, previewing a game. Stick around. We'll be back in This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. We are getting ready for this preseason game. The time to get the Steelers out there in uniform, full pads, going against another team, refs on the field, clock rolling, score actually goes up on the scoreboard. Real game situations because it is a real game. The only thing that's not real about it is how much the outcome matters. If the Steelers don't win this game, it is not the end of the world. It's really not. But you'd like to see them win the game. You would, because you want to see the Steelers. Ultimately, you want to see them play well. So if you play well, then you would hope that you could win the game. But diving back into stuff, let's let's look at some individual stuff. Let's look at some individual stats. I'll probably stick primarily with the Hall of Fame game just for time and everything um, of how things broke down for the Steelers. Let's look at quarterbacks. All right. Mason Rudolph started off. I'm pretty sure he had the first three series. He went six for nine for 84 yards. Uh, no interceptions did have the one fumble. Um, he had a 96.5 rating next in came Dwayne Haskins. Um, it's, it's still sad every time uh, you say the name. Sorry. Um, he was, he was 18, uh, he was 18 of 13, 18, sorry, 8 of 13. I'll finally get the numbers right. There we go. Got to be able to read my writing. 8 of 13 for 54 yards, um, no touchdowns, and he had a quarterback rating of 70.7. Josh Dobbs came in at the very end of the game. He was 4 for 6, only 37 yards, but had a touchdown. Had a touchdown uh, late in the game. Um, he was the one that was sacked one time, but he had a, a quarterback rating of 122.9. So honestly, if you're thinking a quarterback's going to come out and throw for 200 some yards, 
they're not going to have enough time out there to do it. If, if you're like, oh, well, we, we still won't know until later today when Coach Tomlin has his press conference. Um, who knows? By the time you're listening to this, he might have already had it. And maybe he'll say who the, what the quarterback rotation is then. I fully expect him to. But let's say someone like Mitch Trubisky is starting off a quarterback. He's you're, You could think, oh, he could put up big yards. If he starts putting up yards, he's going to be done sooner. It's just the way it's going to work. Um, when you look at, 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 at the running backs, this is interesting because, you know, 76 yards. Remember, Najee Harris played the first few drives of this game last year, the Hall of Fame game. He had 22 yards on seven carries. That was a 3.1 average. Uh, he had the most rushing yards. The most carries went to Jalen Samuels. He had 20 yards on 11 carries. That's a 1.8 average. I mean, the Steelers only, as a team, averaged 2.5 yards uh, per carry. But if you look in here, you had Samuels, um, 11 for 21.8. Harris, 7 for 22, 3.1. Balage, 5 for 19, 3.8. McFarland, 3 for 9, 3. Um, and then, then you, everything else was either quarterbacks or wide receiver because, you know, Ray Ray McLeod had one rush for two yards. So if you look at it, it was not, no one really stood out. To me, when you want to look at the running backs, I would say the best thing to do is look at the average because it really depends on how many carries they get. If someone can get between four and a half and five yards per carry, then they're doing pretty good as, they're, as a running back. I know a lot of that depends on the line as well. But even even peeking over to how things went um, in week well in their second preseason game last year, the Steelers had one player that rushed for an average of more than five in that game. Well, actually, they, they had two. Najee Harris had two carries for five yards. He was five point oh. But um, Tony Brooks James, if you remember him from last year, he had nine carries, fifty one yards, five point seven yard average. So those are things to to remember. Touchdowns. Probably not a big deal when it comes to rushing. Um, Balage had the touchdown in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, it really depends on what time of the game with who's in there. But I would say look at that look at that average, and you want to see but you know that four and a half five yard average. I didn't say what to look for with the quarterbacks. I say the biggest thing to look for with the quarterbacks is their efficiency. You want to look at their completion percentage. I said before, as a team, it would be great if they're around 70. So that's what you kind of want to look at for individuals. Um, how close can they get to that to that 70? Are they throwing interceptions? But also take those interceptions in context. Or did they throw an interception because they made a bad throw? Did they throw an interception because a wide receiver dropped the ball when someone else caught it? You know, they, it, it all depends really on, on who it's on. And it could really be any way in the preseason. Speaking of receivers, let's let's look at those. Man, in the Hall of Fame game last year, Chase Claypool had three catches for 62 yards. But I also think he got dinged up on his last catch because he had a 45-yard catch in that game. That was He was the only one that had a long over 20, that he had a, a catch of more than 45 yards. But if you look at it, at at the at the number of players targeted. Oh my goodness, I didn't even count this up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Sixteen different players were targeted during the Hall of Fame game last year. Sixteen. So that right there tells you that they're going to spread the ball around with so many different players on, on, on the team. Now, there was one, two, three, four, five of them did not have a reception. At least five. One, two. Wow, yeah, James Washington was up. Three, 
Yeah, four or five. Did not have a reception. A lot of players only had one, two. The most receptions by anyone in the Hall of Fame game, the Steelers' first preseason game last year, was Chase Claypool with three. With three. So you look at that and you're like, wow, okay. Um, so maybe I shouldn't expect 100 yards receiving on six catches out of someone like a George Pickens. Yeah, I'd really be surprised if if they would have them out there that much and constantly be looking to the same person. It's possible, but I wouldn't expect it. So, I mean, if, if you have a player go out there, I would once again say, look at the average. So, so they only had 30 yards receiving. Well, if it was 30 yards receiving on one catch, that's pretty good. Also look at the number of receptions per target, their catch per- percentage. If someone was targeted a bunch of times and didn't bring in the receptions, that's different. If you look at that Hall of Fame game last year, the most targeted receiver was Chase Claypool with four. He caught three out of four and I actually saw the one that uh, that uh, he didn't catch. He was, he was kind of hung out a little bit that he might have gotten smacked if he reached up to catch it and he didn't catch it. Um, but then even, uh, and, like, for example, Anthony Johnson, he had three targets but caught them all. So he was another one who had three receptions. He had three for 22. I missed that one when I looked at it. Um, then who else was it? Ray-Ray McLeod was targeted three times. Other than that, no one was targeted more than twice in that game. Now, if you look um, at what the Steelers did the next preseason game and the number of targets they had, yeah, then you had Cody White got six targets, five catches on six targets. That's something more like you would want to see if there's a lot of passes. It's okay if there's one that you don't get. Uh, There was Isaiah McCoy had five targets but only two receptions. So no one's getting targeted a huge amount. If, especially if all the wide receivers are playing, I don't expect to see Deontay Johnson with the hip flexor. There's a good chance you might not see Chase Claypool. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll find out more about that later today, as, as I said before. So when you're looking at the receivers, honestly, if they have more than 50 yards receiving in a preseason game, that's pretty good because of the way that the Steelers are trying to get looks from everyone. So don't have these huge expectations like, oh man, I want to see George Pickens completely bust out. Well, if he does, you're really going to see something because that's not typically how it goes. Now, real quick, let's look at some some of the things on defense uh, with a little bit of time we got left. Going back to that to that game, um, the the Hall of Fame game last year, there was there there were four sacks by the Steelers. There was one by Cassius Marsh. Man, it was weird seeing him in a Steelers uniform when I was watching that. One by Alex Highsmith, which actually um helped uh, keep the Cowboys from scoring a touchdown on their first drive, held them to a field goal. Uh, One from Abdullah Anderson and one from Quincy Roche. So ironically, you know, four sacks, only one of those guys is still with the team right now. So that's kind of what you're going to expect. I, you you do want to see some good pressure on the quarterback. So if you're, if you're looking at things as in quarter, you know, uh, quarterback hits, like the Steelers had nine quarterback hits in the game is uh, according to the Steelers' uh, official press release after the game. Nine quarterback hits. I mean, Jameer Jones had three. So those are things you want to see. You want to see some quarterback hits. You want to see um, – you don't want to see a lot of missed tackles. Now, that's not a stat that in the preseason people are going to record because 
that's, you know, you, those are often broken down in advanced statistics after the fact, and we don't get a lot of those in the preseason games. So you could say someone has a lot of, uh, a lot of tackles, but what you really want to do, that one's going to be more about the eye test than the statistics because of being able to see, are they missing a lot of tackles and things of that nature? So j- just to kind of look at it, how the Steelers do sack wise in their second game, in their second game, they only had one sack and that was by Jameer Jones. And they only where's the quarterback? They had six quarterback hits, but they only made it home uh, one time. So th- these are th- these are things to remember. It is the the preseason, so you're not going to see any one person racking up a bunch of stats because anyone who plays more than half the game is going to be really surprising. So kind of remember that that it's that that's the way it goes, especially early on. I would look personally. I would put so much more stock in the team stats than I would the individual stats going in, going into uh, or coming out of or as you watch the preseason game because it's going to be such a mix in and out. So you want to see efficiency from your quarterback. You want to see efficiency from your running back. You want to see efficiency from your wide receivers. But you might not see big numbers otherwise because of a smaller sample size. But when you take those those larger number of players and what they're doing, and their efficiencies and put them all together, how efficient were they as a team? To me, that's the biggest takeaway that you want to look at. Look at the collective efficiency of the Steelers. Were they efficient on third down? Were they efficient with their with their um with their completion percentage? Were they efficient with their rush percentage? Were they efficient with their with their yards per reception or their receptions per target? Were they were they, I'm going to say, efficient at rushing the quarterback? Were they getting quarterback hits? Were they getting sacks? If you get a bunch of quarterback hits and no sacks, then you're not getting home. You you, you, you want more quarterback hits than sacks. You still want to make sure you're hitting the quarterback, but you also want to make sure you're also getting home for the sack. Um, how efficient were they in their punting? How efficient were they in their field goals and extra points? This is mainly, to me, preseason game one, it's all about the efficiency. It's all about the efficiency. So, hey, I, I hope you're excited. I'm excited about this game coming up. Make sure you are checking out all of our podcasts. Like I said, there was a it was a know your enemy returned. Um, so that's that's something to to look at. Remember, it, it is the Seahawks they are playing. Uh, later today, you'll get a what Yin's talking about. I have a feeling they're going to be talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're probably going to be talking about the upcoming game, and they're probably going to be talking about the other social media stuff, which is a lot of a lot of quarterback talk. I'm sure because that's what's got the Steelers social media all buzzing. So. Make sure you're also tuning into the preview. We're finally, for the first time since January, we are previewing a Pittsburgh Steelers game, albeit the preseason. Really excited about that. Um, there's so much that the network has to offer. If you haven't checked out all the other shows, try to at least check on each one one time just to see if it's something. It, it might be what you're looking for, and everything else was 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 great, but there, you might just find the one thing that really fits you more than anything is something you haven't even checked out yet. Um, I know State of the Steelers, that's a newer one. It's, there's, it'll be the third episode coming up this weekend. That comes out on Saturday mornings. Make sure you check that out. Uh, transitioning of shows, like I said, um, the, the curtain call is now Know Your Enemy. I think I might have got that backwards last week or a, lot, or a little bit earlier when I said that. So sorry about that. Um, 
Maybe I didn't. Who knows? Um, and then the here we go. The Steelers show is now here we go. The Steelers pregame show. So the pregame show returns. Still uh, a great show with Brian Anthony Davis and, and KT Smith. So make sure you're checking all that out. And more importantly, check out the game. Check out the game Saturday night. If all you can get is AF on network, at least check out for as much as they show the Steelers. Remember, you have options out there to, to catch the full game otherwise. Really excited about this. Really excited about the Steelers. Thanks for all the support here. And as I always say to finish off, thanks for geeking out. Yeah.